Welcome to Conversations with Healers, a podcast and video interview series that features intimate, soulful, and cozy conversations with self-healers and healers. Healer to healer, we dive into all aspects of self-healing and healing and being and becoming a healer. I am Damla Aktekin. I am a healer and the host of this podcast, and I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation. If you are new to this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe so that you can be aware of new episodes. I also invite you to visit adropofom.com, A-D-R-O-P-O-F-O-M.com, where I share a lot of free resources for self-healing and healing, and you can take a free quiz to find out what your energetic wounds are and how they may show up in your life. Discovering what your wounds are is the first step in healing them. I hope you enjoy this episode. There is one more thing I would like to share with you before you listen to this episode. I created a wonderful container to help you heal your energetic wounds and activate the infinite light and potential of your inner children. It is a crystal energy healing membership called Chakra Bliss Vault. Every month you will receive three new crystal healing sessions. Plus, you'll immediately have access to my entire energy healing recording library when you sign up. The membership is really affordable and will continue to be so. You can find out more about it at adropofom.com, A-D-R-O-P-O-F-O-M.com. I invite you to make healing your energetic wounds and connecting with your inner children a priority and invest in your well-being by becoming a Chakra Bliss Vault member. Hello everyone, this is Damla Aktekin with A Drop of Om and today I'm excited to have Erin Smith with us. Hi Erin. Hi, so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. My pleasure and Erin is also known as the health chick or that health chick on Instagram. She's an avid health and fitness fanatic, founder, producer, and host of What We Crave, the Emotional Eating Summit. And um, after 30 years of struggling with emotional eating, food addiction, shame fasting, Erin became obsessed with understanding the root cause of what it is we are really craving. And I'm so excited to dive into it with you, Erin. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and as all stories, all creations begin, I want to hear your story first, like what it led you to create the summit and what got you interested yeah. in food cravings and what yeah. we call all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. It always, we, we always, uh, what's the saying? Your greatest mess is your greatest message. Right. And um, I didn't know it at the time that, the, that it, it would turn into what we crave, but uh, what we crave was birthed out of my own just obsession, uh, healthy obsession, I guess, um, fascination with emotional eating because I had, I became aware of it in my late thirties, but it had happened my, you know, my whole life. And I didn't, I got so fascinated. I hit so many rock bottoms that I was like, what is going on with me? Cause I work in the health space. I work in holistic health. I know all the protocols and all the amazing things. And then I'm like totally just a mess at the same time and just numbing out with food, even though it's healthy and organic and keto and any excuse to like numb out with food. And that trickled into other areas of my life, my finances. I mean, I just became obsessed with uncovering what is at the root of this. Cause I kept doing it, you know, like we have to eat every day. So of course it's like right in your face every day, but I became so obsessed with I'm still doing this and I know, I know better and I'm still doing it. What is going on with me? So that was really the, um, I, my 
past jobs had been all in this uh, online space where I had helped produce summits. And I'm like, I can do this myself. I'm going to do this. I've always wanted to do my own thing. And then that's why I just decided to get um, all of the doctors and health experts that I knew in the health space that I've been working with for the past 15 years, bring them all together and, and bring them on the summit to actually talk about it out of my own curiosity and effort to learn what is going on. And then also spark healing from that. Because if I knew, if I knew why I could just get to the bottom of emotional eating, if I knew why, and and why am I doing this? Then I could, I could figure out, okay, now I know what to do about it. But I just, I didn't even know where to start. So I just started filming interviews and 50 interviews later, it became the most awesome gift to the world that I just, it's like my baby, like you are with this podcast. It just, it has to come out of us. Like we just want to share it with the world. Cause I know emotional eating is a topic that's not really, we don't really talk about it. You know, like there's, you have the, the eating disorders, but emotional eating, stress eating just seems like, you know, numbing out with food doesn't seem that big of a deal until it is in your life. And you're like, it's literally take creeping into every part of my life. Like what is going on? And so um, what I've discovered is that it is so much deeper than the food. We're craving something so much deeper than food and it actually has nothing to do with the food. And so, you know, I've, I learned a lot and got myself out of my mess, um, which I'm very grateful for, but it, it was, um, gosh, to rewind my story was, you know, looking back, you, you know, it's all related. You're like, you're like, this is my purpose. Clearly like looking back on your life, it's like this beautiful tapestry that has been weaved over your life. You can look back on and have compassion for and gratitude. But as a, you know, as a child, I was so skinny and gangly and I was, I I looked sick and I couldn't gain weight. I just had, I don't know if it's genetics, a blessing, you know, from the genetic gods, whatever, but I could not gain weight. And I was so skinny that I just, I, I didn't even like myself. And I couldn't gain weight. I looked like it was not good. It was not healthy. I got made fun of a lot. I got bullied. And so my dad was trying to always bulk me up for basketball because I was an athlete. And he's like, you need to put some weight on you. You're never going to make the team. So I would always be eating all the time at a young age, just eat, 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 eat. Like I wasn't, there wasn't ever a time where I wasn't not eating. Then my mom's Italian and she's like, I love you, honey. You had a bad day. Here you go. And they're just unlimited food in the house. And of course it was Costco muffins and red vines and processed food and just all the stuff that you love as a kid that you think is so yummy. But I was always hungry because I was never eating whole nutritious food. It was always processed food. So I was, you know, then I was playing basketball and volleyball. So of course I was had an appetite. So just a perfect recipe of wiring um, for emotional eating throughout my whole life. I just got wired at a young age, not knowing. Also, my dad was extremely hardcore Christian. Uh, and I don't have anything against Christianity. I just, my dad was very, he like, he should have been a pastor. He was so intense about it. And so that he, he was always like, if you do this, then I love you. If you don't, then it was very conditional love. So that also got wired into my brain, which was, um, I have to be perfect for my dad or else he won't love me, or I have to do things perfectly or else he'll, uh, whatever, fill in the blank, just, you know, there was a lot of stonewalling. There was a lot of, uh, my dad would not talk to us for a week at a time. Just is like, I have to go in my cave and then I'll come out and I'll be fine. And I learned these, you know, uh, these things that as a young kid to hold my feelings in and not talk about it. Cause my dad didn't know how to hold his, talk about his feelings. He was just doing the best he could with his trauma and his parents. Right. And so what he learned and that trickled into our family. So number one, I, I was eating all the time. Then I couldn't, I couldn't talk about my feelings. So I just, I had to stuff my emotions, right? Literally hold them in. I couldn't talk about it. I mean, you can see the wiring of perfect recipe for the rest of my life, seeking approval and outside validation from men, right? Because I wouldn't, I didn't get it from my own dad. It was like, you're, I'll love you when. So of course, wiring that into your brain, um, is perfect disaster for perfectionism in work and life relationships. So you take all those things and wire it up in a ball. And that was me. Then you hit twenties, thirties, and I'm 41. Now my twenties and thirties were hustling for my worthiness. My, it was, you know, work your absolute butt off 12 hours a day to earn that gold star from the boss. I was on straight commission in my sales job in in holistic health. So I was working nonstop, had adrenal fatigue, exhaustion, 
of course was trying all the diets of like salt beach diet and vegan and just all, you know, all the things. Cause you moved to California and everyone's into health and fitness and running on the beach. So you want to just get into shape. And so it's like all of these things from trying different diets to working way too much to seeking approval to chasing, you know, nothing, nothing like coming from inside, right. All external. Anytime I would get stressed out, it was go right to the food, right? Like, and it just, it wasn't even, it was just automatic. Right. So that became, um, mixed in with all of these stories in my life. It just became my comfort and it became, um, just a form of to do something with the emotional stress and do something with the emotional, just this, I know, I know emotional eaters can be very, um, what's the word empathetic and we can feel a lot. And so when we have all these feelings, we have to like do something with it. And if we're sitting all day stressed out at work, what we're going to eat, or we're going to drink, or we're going to go, you know, retail therapy online, we're going to go do something with the emotion. Right. So it was just years and years and years of buildup until I had hit so many rock bottoms and gained weight, lost weight, gained weight, lost weight. And I became, my breaking point was the height of my career where you would think I would know all these protocols and I would know better. And yet I was the, the biggest mess that I ever was as far as emotional eating, stress, no self-love, like completely disconnected from myself. And that's when I said, I am so sick of this. I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to learn what's going on. And that's, that's what happened with what we crave. So that's my story in a nutshell. <laughs> just, just that, just a little. Just a little bit of that. I love it. <laughs> Um, yeah, what I'm wanting, I want to dive into a lot of it, but what I'm wanting to, um, ask you is like, you described a lot, Mm -hmm. like you went into your childhood, some of the conditioning and then later years, how those patterns played out all of those things. What I'm wanting to know is, um, like at that point, when you reach that, what you call the mess point, how did that feel in your body? Yeah, it was so heavy. It was so heavy. Like I remember I even took a picture and gosh, I wish I had it. It's on my phone, but it's over there. I had, I remember I was working at a cafe and I was, it was one of the worst, like stressed out moments I've ever had. And my whole body just felt like mush. And I was so stressed out the visceral stress. I felt like a hundred pounds was on my face, just pulling me down. I I felt totally numb and empty and just like disconnected from myself. And I remember taking a photo and be like, you know, sometimes like you're, 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 you're on your phone and your, your kind of camera pops up and it gets like the worst angle. And you're like, Whoa, it was one of those moments where I was like, what is going on? Like there was a camera in front of my face and I was like, I'm going to take a picture of this and remember this moment because I have lost myself so bad. And I don't know what the hell's going on, but I'm going to figure it out. And it, cause it was the heaviest, most like, like I was in emotional quicksand, just pulling me down. And it was just complete numb emptiness is what it felt like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was gone. I was I gone. You can see it in my eyes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, there's a lot of light in you. Um, and I'm when sure- the photo in the photo that I, you could see it, like, it was like crystal clear that my soul was like gone. Yeah. It was nuts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. hiding in there somewhere. What I'm hearing in that is like, first of all, I hear some of my story. I hear the story of many women and men when when we get lost, when we struggle, food is something that we turn to knowingly or unknowingly. Right. And then I love, you know, you mentioning the emotional eating, food addiction and shame, fasting. And I think shame is a big word in all of this. Mm. Like the shame meaning like there's something wrong with you that you can't figure this out, that your body doesn't seem to know what it needs and wants and pushes you in a direction. Um, And it feels occasionally like you're out of control. Um, And I've been there many times and I continue to be there occasionally. Um, And you also mentioned like in that picture moment, you said, where did I go? 
like you couldn't see yourself almost like the lost connection um and I had been there in a different way but <laughs> in, in a different right? way I had that moment like right feeling of lost connection which I think brings us to what you were mentioning um the thing that I love about your story is that you were like okay here's this point here's this like big question like I don't know what to do with let me dive into this and let me talk to people who seem to know something about this <laughs> and then let me in doing that my sense is like you were diving deeper into the question and into a part of yourself that you were discovering too does that ring true to you 100 percent. yep I just I knew I knew that I had to that I came to the point where I was like I can't do this on my own anymore I it was like complete surrender of I've been trying this I've been listening to the podcast and reading the books and I'm still doing it like what is up like I remember just and you try and try and try that's where the shame fasting came in was I would binge like I would do these fasts because I know fasting is incredible for your health if you do it right and you're under in the right mindset I would do fasting then I would be I would go and just binge on keto because I could and it was my numbing mechanism of like happiness of you know oh I get to eat all the things because I was so miserable I was like give me all the food then I would and I was eating a lot of dairy and stuff that I, I my body does not digest and so I just would get inflamed and like gain the weight back again then I would go back into a fast and it was, I was, it was just a cover up for a healthy eating disorder, like a, like in denial, a, a disorder in denial. I should just coin that because it was like, oh, I'm just going to do another fast because it's so good for me. When really I was in so much shame that I gained all this weight again, once again, like for the fifth, sixth, seventh, whatever time. And I still couldn't figure it out. And that's why I coined the, I coined the term shame fasting. Cause I'm like, that's what it is. I'm literally in so much shame that I can't figure out my own shit that I'm going to call this fasting because I'm so embarrassed that I gain this weight again. And then that's when I was like, I can't do this on my own anymore. Cause you want to, you want to try, you want to like have this energy of like, I can do it. It's not that big of a deal. Just like restrict and just work out harder. And just, this is, you know, and all these external things when it's like, Nope, it's time to go inward. And for the first time, that's when I started going inward. And yeah. Now, so you went like, you didn't just go, let me talk to one person. <laughs> you went like, let me talk to like 50 plus people and continue yeah. talking to people. Um, I, I was like, give me the deep dive. I want every avenue because I've, I've, that's the thing is I had studied all this health protocols and I was still doing it. So I'm like, it's not, it's not that thing. I was only looking at one little piece, right? I wasn't looking at every other area in my life. That's why I interviewed all these different experts because it's in every other area of your life. You have to look at it. It's not just one thing. We think it's like, oh, I just need this diet. And it's like, no, you got to look at the whole holistic picture, which is why I love talking to you because you get that, right? Yeah. I do, 100%. <laughs> um, tell us like, I don't know. I want to go with three, the number three, like three yeah. big things you sort of got out of that interaction that um, you created the what we crave the emotional eating summit, and talk to all these experts and, and it sounds to me like that was sort of a gateway and a key for you to make a lot of changes and, and almost like mindset sh shifts in your own life. Mm -hmm. um, tell us about like the three big things that you got out of that that you didn't really get before does that make yeah. sense yeah like the top three sort of aha moments from the summit that are like the most powerful I would say um I love by the way that you just let it download into your brain and let it I let it flow I love it um so the there's because there's about you know 50 different things you could talk about that are important to to look at when you're talking about emotional eating but I would say the top three, I'm just going to let these download into my brain too. The first one is I interviewed uh, Trisha Nelson and she said, you don't have an eating problem. You have a living problem. And that one, I get chills every time I say it. I just it got chills. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the way down. <laughs> that's, that's a yes. Uh, ooh, all the way down my legs. Yep. 
And it, a lot of this happens so on so many of these interviews and it doesn't stop. So I know we're in the, we're doing the right thing, girl, but, um, that hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, oh my gosh. So what she was saying is you have to look at your whole life and take inventory. And for me, I wasn't doing that because I was Miss Health Nut looking at just health because I was so passionate about health because I had almost died a long time ago, had a health scare and got really super hyper-focused, right? So I got so focused on health that I wasn't looking at anything else. I wasn't looking at how many hours a day I'm working, how how long I'm sitting all day. What are my stress levels? Um, am I getting any hugs or connection from humans? Nope. I'm traveling every weekend, never taking any time off, living out of hotel rooms where it's sterile light, you know, that white icky, like sterile light and that stale energy on the planes where it's just stale air. And it's like, that's what I was around for like five years that I had this crazy stressful job. I was a national sales manager and I was miss, you know, boss woman at 30, whatever. And I, there was no pleasure. It was all work. I never saw my family, saw my friends, not that much. Um, but I was on planes in airports, hotels, offices, in a car, just squished like this. Right. Um, and if I would go work out, I would be so tired to work out. It'd be like 20 minutes and I would just be tanked just emotionally, physically, everything under the pressure that I was constantly going to get fired if I didn't meet my numbers. Um, and then I would go and use my credit card and just swipe away and buy the yoga pants and buy the things, which there's nothing wrong with buying yoga pants. Cause I love yoga, but I was doing it to, uh, get that dopamine hit for pleasure because I had no pleasure in my life. I would go on the snowboard trips with my friends. It was like five grand that I didn't really have in my budget, but I was like, F it YOLO. You only live once. Let's go. And I racked up credit card debt because I just, I wasn't, I was trying to just find some type of internal happiness that I was seeking out on the outside of myself. And I had no boundaries. I couldn't say no to my boss. I had people pleasing behaviors of like, my boss would throw this project on my lap last minute. Oh, you, oh, you need me to do that? Sure. I don't have kids or a husband, so I'll just, I'll stay up and do it. Had no boundaries. And that's what Trisha's talking about is boundaries, self-love, self-care, worthiness, um, and looking at your life of like, how are you living your life? Because if you're not slowing down, you're living life so damn fast. You can't even, you have to eat in your car all the time. And you're just like one thing to the next visceral responses of stress everywhere. You got to look at your life. And so I had to, I was in California at that time. And that's when I decided to leave California and get into the mountains get into nature and slow down and start to look at my life and like get rid of the toxic stuff, the toxic jobs, the toxic environments, and just slow down and get into nature and return back to myself. And so I got myself out of debt slowly, like over the next two years, I was like, I'm changing this. I'm, I'm literally looking at every other area in my life. And I noticed when I would um, work on all of those other areas, my emotional eating also started to dissolve. So the more I became more connected with myself again, the more I, I um, got myself out of debt and like put the, you know, I would go to a used clothing store and buy yoga pants that were gently used once for $30 versus $130 and make little shifts to love myself, right? And do these little things to shift and go, I'm okay with me. I'm okay with not having the $130 yoga pants. I'm okay with gently used, you know, you know, recycled, like those little things that you do, you're like, I got me. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm good. I'm good with me. Something as yes. Yes. What I'm hearing a little bit is like hints of what you mentioned at the beginning, which is that conditional love Mm -hmm. from your dad. And it's almost like you turning that around and saying, I'm going to love myself conditionally but the conditions are based on something that the external world determined for me, like the mm-hmm. performance in the job yep. or going out to a holiday or vacation that I can't afford, things like that versus um, switching to that internal value system, which you're describing now, like something I can wear is valuable. If I like it, it doesn't have to be certain amount of dollars or being right. in nature is valuable to like switching from that external value and validation system to like internal validation is what I'm hearing in that. hundred percent. 
Uh, it was a complete, just going from complete external to completely internal. And that's why I moved because my soul was like, get into the mountains, get into nature and just unplug from this chaos and like plug back into yourself. And nature is one of the best ways to do that. So I, I could, t- you know, but I had to get quiet enough to even listen. And in order to get quiet, you have to hit that rock bottom moment. Right. So like it, it all worked itself out and it was all beautiful and meant to be. And I wouldn't have gotten there without it, but yeah, I unplugging and just reevaluating my whole life in every area and actually just making little micro micro movements in whatever way my soul was like, this is what you need next. Get into nature, go sleep, go, you know, um, fix your debt, do whatever it was. It was just, it wasn't like a huge mountain at once. It was one little baby step at a time. And it was just consistent just making those little changes and it was all inward. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. First thing, don't just look at the food, look at your entire life, how you're living and turn from external to what it is that your heart and body and soul desires. Beautiful. What's the second one? Oh man. Okay. (laughs) Um, the second one, I know the third one, the third I'll save best for last. Um, the second one was um, I would say the inner child work for me, um, that I had never done. And in fact, I even brought the photo of that I use that I've been using lately. This is me as a little girl. I don't, I don't, and, um, I, my, I can feel my little girl soul in this when I look at her, um, the inner child work, you know, I had heard lots of people talking about it and it was in my in, like floating around. Okay. Okay. Inner child work. Yeah. 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 Like I love myself. I love my little girl. Me, but then, then I actually tapped into what that actually means. And it's so powerful. And it's literally just giving yourself everything you never got as a kid, like being your own parent. And so for me, what I do, I don't know what you do, Damla, but I, what I do is I look at this picture and I just, I play some really beautiful music and I just stare at this photo And I tap into that little girl. I'll probably start crying anyways, but like, I can like the little baby hairs on her head right here on my head. Right. Like I can feel those. I remember those as a kid. So I really try and tap into literally connecting to that girl and just telling her how much I love her and just giving myself the love that I never got because my dad, you know, was the perfect dad for me, which, um, I know we always are like, oh, my parents, this, my parents, that, but I know my dad was a perfect dad for me, but he was, um, I didn't feel seen by him. And so I have to, I, that's why I was like, I, I have to learn this inner child work and why it's so powerful and why everyone recommends it. And I just have to finally see this little girl and just give her what she needs. And I've noticed that when you nourish yourself from the inside out, like, for example, when I went to Bali with my friend for my birthday one year. We felt so nourished, right? Or even in Nate going into nature, right? Going for a hike, going whatever it is, just immerse, uh, immersing yourself in nature and just um, having some silence and connecting to yourself. Like you don't crave the food, you know? Like I noticed that when I can connect to myself or other humans, but this little girl, when I can connect and I just feel like I just gave her the biggest hug, there is something that shifts in your energy that I never understood until, until I did the summit and, um, and attached to that is tapping. So I I know with rewiring the brain, so, you know, you're kind of, you're going back and doing that with inner child work, but also learning the power of tapping and how you can go back and rewire the brain completely. I, I was like, okay, what is tapping? What is like, I've heard about it. It just seems so like, whatever it's your tapping, like, how can it be that powerful? And then I actually did it. And it was just all of this little girl came out and just bawled. And I just released so much <laughs> inner child stuff. And it, it was the, and it was live on the interview. So I was crying live on the interview and it was great, but there is something powerful with tapping into the little girl, the subconscious rewiring, reloving. Um, it's almost like it, it's, it's a flag in the ground to any recipe for healing is going back and giving yourself the love you never got. Yeah. Well, I love all of that, obviously. Yeah, right. Because I know you talk about that a lot. Yeah. My um, healing work has been evolving more and more into inner child healing. Mm -hmm. And what I would add to that is I love your process. I think everyone is, you know, um, we all need to 
sort of go into connecting with with those parts of ourselves that we haven't connected with and for me the way I teach it and the way I experience it is I just dive into my body Mm. and I find the little children there are multiple children in the body and you can talk to them and you can have a conversation with them you can have journeys with them they're very very eager to show you what they need Um, and it comes back to you you know like you were mentioning what it is that you're craving and it could be imaginary it could be in your mind's eye you give that girl a gift or you you surround you surround her or him with a hug yep or you you know you bring the light of the liquid light of love of your awareness into the body um and yeah that makes all the difference and I obviously I love tapping as well so right (laughs) right there right there with you because what I think um you know a lot of the the mindfulness work out there doesn't quite get to is when you lived with trauma, because what you're mentioning to me in your story, I'm hearing trauma and emotional and energetic wounds. Mm-hmm. In that state of trauma, your body cannot just switch to mindfulness like that. It's just like you're not wired to do that. But tapping begins to change and evolve and soothe some of the wiring soothe some of the nervous system so that you can begin to get more mindful in your body more uh, like that quietness that you mentioned to be able to say okay what it is that I need now do I need to go out did I drink water in the last 48 hours (laughs) or whatever or do I need connection something like that but it's if you're living with trauma, that's really, really hard to do. So emotional freedom technique tapping is absolutely one of my favorite ways to Game do that. Changer. Game changer. And I think that's the thing that you said so perfectly was we spend all this time learning about, okay, what, what, what is it? We learn, we learn, we learn, but then do we ever integrate? And that's why that comes in handy is you have to do the work and integrate and actually do the love and the tapping and the all those things actually get in and rewire. So it's like, it's one thing to learn and that is healing in itself, but to actually get in there, it is, like you said, it is all about the nervous system. The nervous system just whoosh, you know, and you just, your whole body just is like, thank you. And you can breathe easier. You're calmer. And when you're in that state, you're less likely to reach for the food, right? Because you're not like this, right? You're just like, and like, yeah, and yeah. like the the picture of the the inner you that you just showed, she continues to live in your body, right? Like when you soothe the body, she's gonna be naturally soothed, right? Right. It's like giving a kid a hug versus neglecting them all day, right? You let a, a little kid run around all day without no zero connection, hugs, anything, versus like snuggling with them on the couch and just talking to them. Completely different energy, right? And just, it makes so much sense that we're just, we're just, we're those kids on the inside, just in grown up bodies now. So we got to do the same thing for ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. number two, connect with your inner child and find a way to meet her needs. What's number three. Yeah. This one was the ultimate, I think that I didn't even understand. And now, now I get, and it was, it took me a while to wrap my head around it, but it's the cornerstone of so many things, which is worthiness. And I interviewed Angela Bell for this. And she said, um, when you are a perfectionist, you're always trying to do things outside of you to increase your worth, like earn the gold star with the boss, be the best mom ever, be the best dad ever, be the best sister, be the best wife, like do all the things, be perfect, like look perfect, be perfect, all the things, right? Because you're trying to improve your uh, worthiness in in the external world. Um, And that's like a toxic perfectionism thing where we think we can shift our worthiness, right? Like, oh, my worth can improve. My worth can improve. And, and, and it, when she said that, I was like, wait a minute, hold on a second. I'm like, I totally do that. I'm like, you can't improve your worth because you can just be a better person. Right. And that's not what she's talking about. She's talking about the innate inherent worth of your soul being here is, is worth. So there's a 400 trillion to one chance you're even on this planet that you are born into this earth and you didn't show up 
by accident. You are here for a reason. We just got chilled again. You are here for a reason. And when you truly tap into the power of nature and you get really curious about nature, obviously we're made from nature, right? And when you actually get curious about the same power that made this earth is what created you, you are made of the same power. It's like, why do we put limitations on ourselves when the same power that spoke this freaking amazing planet into existence is where we came from in whatever form you believe in, right? But it came from something and some power and some intelligence. And you are made of that. You are God force in a way, right? I'm not saying that from a religious standpoint. I'm saying more spiritual, universal. Um, you are pure divine energy, right? And you are just by being here, your worth it will not change. It is your flag in the ground. You are here for a reason. And therefore you are worthy of everything amazing in this life. There's a reason you're here and you are worth everything just by being here. Like that to me sunk in so hard because when you can truly embody that, that's what I noticed is I was not embodying that at all. I was just like, I'm just a human doing my thing, working. And I love my job. I love my family. And then when I stopped and I got really clear, got into nature, um, also had some amazing experiences with plant medicine. That's another conversation. But when you truly connect to like your power and, you know, women, especially we can birth life out of us. We can create a human inside our bodies. Like how we don't even think about it. It's just like, oh yeah, we birth babies, whatever. But when you actually go into the genius of this human machine, you're like, holy crap, this is a miracle. We're even here. So, and I get chills again, just saying that because when you know that you're like, I came here, I'm not here by accident. And I am made from the same force of this beautiful intelligence the way you see yourself, when you see, when you embody that and you show up for life in that energy, like, I don't know what my purpose is, but I'm here and I'm going to show up and be the best me in whatever way that looks today. And I'm going to love myself and figure this out, but I'm showing up for myself. Life starts showing up for you. Right. So I noticed when I started to realize my worth as a divine creature and this beautiful human intelligence and this human machine and I started honoring that, right? I started taking time to rest, taking time to just like love on myself and and not work so much and just sleep when I needed to sleep and go for a walk when I should have checked that email. And I just started just to go, oh, no, that can wait. It's okay. I'm going to come back to it. It's okay. And just honor yourself and your beautiful power and to see yourself as this freaking miracle. That's when stuff really started to change. And so- we're all, we're all here for a reason. And that is, that is worth just showing up is worth enough. So I get, I get what that means now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful and powerful. What you just said. Um, yeah. Not only, so not only connecting with yourself through the inner child and not only saying, let me shift my priorities for me, but what you're saying is, um, you're, you're doing all that, you're shifting the priorities to internal validation and you're connecting with yourself because you're worthy of that connection. And I think that's important to note because a lot of us equate what we see in our families to love. We, we think or assume that's love and sometimes that's not the case. And or at least not in the way we don't receive it in the way that we need it at the time. Um, right, right. There's another families, thing. Yeah, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just gonna say, our and our families will always keep us small, right? Like when when we start showing up in in better ways, and um, we're like doing the things, and our family doesn't like the shift, it triggers them, right? And they're like, "Well, you look at you, like just showing up differently," and you know. And our families, I feel like are there for a reason there to give us that friction. We need to just do what we need to do and to heal in whatever way we need to heal. But I remember, um, I just remember so vividly when, um, I felt when I started showing up for myself and honoring myself and seeing my, seeing my worth, which is just, like you said, all internal. And I started loving myself differently and getting rid of the toxic stuff and just doing the things. And it felt in my soul that my soul was craving. I noticed my friends fell away. Like my friends that I thought I had that were my friends fell away. The toxic relationships fell away. The toxic job fell away. And this beautiful 
sort of flow started happening where things started coming out of the woodwork where they just drop in like new friends, new life, new things like, Oh, you're showing up for you. All right. We're you start showing up. This is one of my favorite quotes I, I coined during the summit is you start showing up for your life and life will start showing up for you. So it was, that's exactly what happened. It was almost like a miracle, right? Because you're responding differently to life. You're like, I'm freaking, I freaking love myself. I'm so I freaking love you. And I got you. And I see you. That's the thing is I started seeing myself finally, like you are a badass. You are here for a re- like, whatever it is that you're just giving yourself that, that is, that was like the, the miracle, like spark. I feel. Yeah. yeah. I think for yeah. me, um, that just reminded me of something I experienced this weekend. And that is, you know, you won't stop running into those places that want to shrink you or those people who are the embodiment of, embodiment of those shrinking forces and I had such an encounter and my internal before it would have been when they said something that shrinks my soul I would be like oh let me shrink even yeah. further <laughs> like I would internalize that I heard that and I was like huh like I don't feel that way And that to me was very clear, like I didn't want to interact with that person any longer. And this was a professional relationship, but it was like, huh, okay. I mean, they, they clearly don't see me the way I see myself. Mm -hmm. Like I know I show up a hundred and, and then some (laughs) to all that I do um, is everything in my life is sacred work. So if they don't see that, I mean. And no, no shame or no guilting to them, but they're in a different journey than I am. And that doesn't reflect my inner journey. Um, And and if that isn't healing, I don't know what is where you can normally when a friend or a family or colleague or whatever judges you and puts that on you and makes you feel like you want to shrink, but you can hold compassion for them that it's not about you. It's about whatever they're going through and they're projecting on you and you can just go it's okay. I got you. Like, like yeah. you just tell yourself, I got you. I see you. It's okay. Like, keep going. Like that is the ultimate, like healing, like flag in the ground, you know? And I could see in that moment, I could see like, oh, there's this energy playing itself out again. Okay. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna witness this. Yeah. <laughs> the witnessing I'll go versus- a different direction. Oh man. Cause normally for me, if I would witness it and then I'd be like, Oh no, they don't like me. And I, this, and I'd go emotionally eat. Cause it was a people pleasing trigger of, Oh no, I think something's wrong. And I, is our friendship on the line? And Oh my gosh. And I need to like, make it okay. And just, Bleh. and I go eat versus it's okay. That's them. I know who I am. It's okay. You know? And it's like, it became, I broke this attachment and this sort of codependency from those relationships where I didn't, it was like, that's on you. That's okay. I'm going to do me. So I like kudos to you because a lot of us, when we're in those relationships, we want to hang on to it and make, be like, I want you to like me. Right. Like, it's just, we want people to like us. And so when you're okay with that, like not everybody's going to be your cup of tea, that's okay. And you can just hold that, hold yourself like that. That's yeah. Ultimate healing, ultimate healing right there for sure. Absolutely. And I think I want to say that was a good moment. Yeah. there have been not so great moments too and which brings me to something you say in your in your messaging you say this relationship with food thing that we all go through um is a journey of making peace with food and ultimately with yourself and I love the part of the journey because it's a um and you also say, which I love, you say emotional eating is a beautiful invitation. So every time you fail and there's a chance that you will fail or consider yourself as fail, it's another invitation to to connect deeper or connect in a different way. And, um, you know, so it doesn't have to be perfect. It's a practice. It's an expanding, evolving, spiraling journey. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Mark Groves was the person that, that, uh, I quoted, he said, it's a beautiful invitation. Any, any of those triggers or any, anything where you're like, I want to reach for the food. It's like, okay, take a, just breathe. Breath work is so critical. Take a breath and just go, okay, what do I need? You know, and just hang, hang tight for just one minute and just talk and ask yourself, okay, what is it that I really need? 
And it's always a beautiful invitation to go inward and because it's, we're, we're just craving something else. And again, there's a lot of things that are underneath there, but it is, um, it's when you can look at it and just hold compassion and be like, okay, like what is the little girl in me? Like you literally got to talk to yourself and be like, all right, what do you need? You know, and you can, you can walk through your little checklist that, you know, that I, I give to my audience. Um, I can give that to you too, if you want, but it's just a little checklist of like, have I moved today? Have I done this today? Have I done this today? Have I connected with another human? How's my sleep? How's my, this, this, you know, and, um, that is, uh, yeah, it's, it's literally the answers are all right there. You just got to be able to stop and just reconnect. Yeah. I love that. And I think it's like the thing I, I try to bring in mind in those situations is what you and I were talking about earlier, the inner child being the body, living in the body, and the body doesn't always have words. The body has impulses and um, actions and feelings and sensations, and it's up to you to stop and listen and see it as an invitation. And when it does it act in a certain way, not to blame, shame, judge, guilt, versus okay, there's something here I need to be with. Right. I need to look deeper into. Yeah. And a a perfect, beautiful example of that is let's say you had a child with you and your child's like, mom, I'm hungry. I'm tired. I don't feel good. I just had the worst day ever. Would you just go up? I don't care. And you just, just, no, you would grab that child. You would hold it. You like everything that you would do to a child you need to give yourself. And that's what I, I was never doing that. I was never. And my friend finally told me Tara Garrison, who's on, on the summit too. She's like, imagine your little self literally standing across the table from you or wherever. And you, and they tell you these things, like, I'm so self-conscious about my body. I'm so this, like, I don't feel pretty. I, this, whatever it is, or like, I don't feel loved, whatever it is. Would you just go too bad and just walk off? No, you know, like we, and I just started crying so hard because I was like, I hated myself as a kid because all I wanted to do was be liked. And I was so skinny and gangly and scrawny. And I, I just, I wanted to have boobs and like look normal. Cause I was it, it, like in a mouthful of braces and just so skinny. Like it was abnormally skinny, you know? And it was like that till I was in high school. So I just wanted to be liked and would like, my mom tried to give me everything that I could, you know, or that she could, but I just had to figure out a way to love myself. And so would we let that little kid just say those things and not do anything? No, we wouldn't. So I'm like, why am I doing that to me? Like, what do you, where is that coming from that? I won't give myself, where did we learn that? What do you, where do you think we even learned that Dama? Like I I'm with your work. I'm curious because where does that where did come we from? learn where I think it's more like, where did we even, I think for me, if I look at my journey, because I like to start talking about this stuff for, with me, I didn't grow up around people who who knew how to take care of their needs. Mm. So when when you have that, it's like it's normal to have burnout. It's normal to not even know that you have needs. It's normal to not say no. Mm. Um, And you're even expected to say yes, yes, yes. And then more yes. And then when you stop saying yes to yourself, that little kid gets like smaller and smaller and smaller, like curls up in a ball inside of you somewhere. Um, Like you can't even, the the emotions are frozen in you, in your body. Um, So So, yeah, I mean, that's, it's a complex thing always is living our um, journeys in this lifetime and others in my belief system in our bodies here and now. That's a very, very, uh, like you have said, like being on this journey, being here is a privilege. It's also extremely hard. It's so hard sometimes, especially in these times. And what I keep coming back to for myself and my clients is, um, first of all, every time I I connect with someone and and their inner child and, um, and witness that, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. I I find myself like in tears. Um, so it's like remembering and remembering and remembering again and again and again to come into that connection and to come into uh, just like what you were describing with the nature, with the plants, 
we have DNA, we are nature, we're made up of crystals. So coming back into that awe, curiosity, and that willingness to build that relationship. Um, and it's an evolving journey, which brings me to, I know you've been immersed in this, what we crave, um, exploration. Um, but I want to know, what is your evolution journey right now in this moment? What are you learning and what are you asked to learn mm. that you feel like you're hitting <laughs> hitting into? Such, what's the hard edge right now for you? That's a good question. Oh, what is the hard edge? Oof, that's so good. I can't wait, by the way, to have you on and do an interview with you because we'll get, we'll just, it'll be a part two of all of this. This will be amazing. Um, so recently I, I, I'm always trying to get into healing spaces in nature. So I recently went to Kauai with my friend Tara for her 40th. We, she's the same way. She's like, let's get into nature and just let nature like do it, do its work. Right. Just, there's always something beautiful when you can immerse yourself into nature, you will find the answers. And for me, I had set the intention. This was just a few weeks ago. I had set the intention of just show me what's the next level of like up leveling for my soul. Like what, what do I need to work on next? Cause I, you know, healing is always in layers and it, we never stop healing, you know, like this just, we just become more better versions of ourselves to up level this planet and to help everyone in this planet. Right. So I'm always like, okay, like I'm always ready for the let's, let's go. Like, what, what do you want me to see? You know, just open hearted and I wasn't expecting anything. I was just letting things flow. And Tara and my friend Kate and I, we'd all gotten into a conversation um, about um, there was this really amazing documentary called The Business of Birth Control by Ricky Lake that came out and game changer for what the pharmaceutical companies are not telling you about the, the side effects of birth control. And I being in holistic health, I've, I'm very aware about that stuff that it's, you know, there's a lot of side effects that comes with medications there's, I think there's a time and a place, but from a preventative standpoint, that's a whole different story, which is my, my field. Um, and it blew my mind open of, okay, I knew there were some side effects to birth control, but they went down the rabbit hole, not in, in a fearful way, but we, they opened the door to this whole thing that I never knew about. And I was just talking to them about it. And we got into a, a heated debate about birth control and it brought up a visceral response of me not feeling seen. Like my, my closest friends had said something and it wasn't even a big deal, but it triggered me of not feeling seen. And I'm like, okay, you guys, I'm having a moment here. Like I am literally having a visceral response to not being seen. Cause we just didn't agree on certain things, which was totally fine. Like, I think friendships are there to challenge you and to hold space for you and to challenge your mind that, Hey, think about it this way. Cause we don't know the right answer, right? We just know what we know through our lens. So we're just going back and forth. And, and I got so triggered and they love the crap out of me and would never, you know, they held space and it was just a great conversation, but I got triggered and I didn't feel seen. Um, and I felt like I had to defend myself. Like when I was with my dad as a, as a kid, just trying to like feel seen and, and, you know, uh, bust that stone wall that he would put up like, Hey dad, I'm right here. Like I exist, you know, like, Hey, and it was, I remember going, this is the next level of my life that I need to work on is I don't have to try and, um, what's the word? Just surrendering the fact that I don't have to defend my myself. I can just be okay with, with my beliefs and not try and convince anybody else or try and save people from a different opinion or like, don't take the birth control because you could have a blank fill in the blank and the side effects, right? And I wanted to try and like, changed their mind about it. And I couldn't, it was just like, Hey, no, it's, I'm, I'm still going to do birth control. And I was like, but why would you win this and this? And it was just, you know, again, it was me being defensive and just trying to make people see me. And I was like, Whoa, I haven't been this triggered in a long time. Just when I thought I was working on my stuff and I got triggered again. Right. Because with the current state of the world, with what you believe vaccinated, not vaccinated or whatever it is, people can get so triggered and at the end of the day, we all just want people to be safe. Like that's the, on both sides. We just want people to be safe. There's that commonality where for the sake of your own life, we just want people to be okay. And, um, and I felt like I always had to prove and just be like, no, look at this. No, look at this, like, see this. And it was like me, that little girl going, Hey, 
no dad, like, look at me, like I'm over here, like, look, you know? And so that was, that's my next, uh, I, I went deep into it and it was all stuff with my dad. Like, and I talked about it with my friends. I was like, this is the trigger. I haven't, I got to work through. And I had to go back and do inner child work and just go back to that, go back to my deepest roots of those memories of just feeling seen and being like, I don't have to save people. I don't have to make them believe what I want to believe. Like it's okay. This is my truth. You can have your truth and it's okay. We're all humans at the end of the day. You can, it's okay. I still love you at the end of the day. And I can just, I don't have to defend myself and I don't have to, I don't have to, whatever that is of like, no, you need to know. And I'm going to make you see and put like, put, had this pushing energy. Like I just, I had to dissolve all of that. And cause I, I wanted to help my friends and let them know, Hey, there's these side effects that you should know about. And I, you know, I'm concerned and they're like, Hey, I, I'm still going to take it. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But I got so triggered. And so <laughs> it was, it was like, I mean, my neck got all red. I'm like, wow, these are my closest friends and I'm still getting triggered. So that's, that was my next level of healing. And man, the next two weeks I went deep and I journaled and I was like, let's get to the root. And so, uh, I feel like, uh, what's that quote? If you touch the wound, it will dissolve fully, but you got to go all the way down into that wound and you got to go all the way in. And really, it just felt mucky. Cause I had to own some stuff that I didn't want to, I didn't want to own. I was like, oh, I did that to my friends and I just feel bad about it. And like, well, and I had to work through the yucky, just like, I didn't like that about myself. It's healthy, healthy shame where you're like, I, I don't like that about myself. I want to change that because I want, you know, I know that that's my own stuff that I got to work on. And so that's, that was my next level, man. And I went all the way deep into it and I touched it and I literally feel like that has dissolved. And that was a huge trigger. Um, but I had to go through, I had to go through the yuck. Yeah. The yuck is real. Yeah. Thank you, <laughs> yeah. Thank you yeah. for share. I mean, that's very vulnerable of you to share that. I appreciate it so much. Yeah. One thing I'm hearing is, um, do, do you feel or identify as an empath? I definitely do. Uh, I definitely have those characteristics because I, I've worked in certain areas of holistic health where I've seen people get really hurt. And I think of my nephews getting hurt and I just will start crying out of nowhere. Like I can, I take on their pain or like I've, I, um, went down the rabbit hole with sex trafficking and what happens to the kids in sex trafficking and things like that, where you don't, it just busts your mind wide open. And I get so, I think of my nephews going through that. And I, yeah, I just, I, I get, so it brings me down like in a, like, like I take on their pain. So yeah, I can definitely, I, I sort of, I mean, the part that I'm like, yeah, me too, is mm -hmm. being an empath, feeling everything, feeling all the pain. And now you're like, let me save you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that can be it. I mean, if the person is on board, yes. But if the person isn't on board, that's, you know, that's the sort of, Right. debatable space um but I I do dance in those in those waters occasionally too so I, I totally hear you with that thank you for sharing that and you know the beautiful thing is is Adama you just you said it so perfectly is why do we feel the need to save people like and there's a few interviews that I did where it was because we feel the pain we want our own pain to stop so it's not necessarily, we want to save them from pain, but it's because we feel so much pain of them experience the pain that we want our own pain to stop. And when we can get comfortable with going, it's not mine to take on. I can try and just shine my light, but I don't have to take on their stuff. Right. I can just say things without just, I can just say it without just in a loving way, but I'm not going to push, do anything but I don't have to take on their stuff. And I think as empaths, we take it on and it's like, it's our cross to bear. And that was a huge thing. It's like, I don't have to do that. I don't have to, and it's not my job. And learning that was so such a healing journey too, of like, Oh, but I want to help. Like it's humanity. Like you want to help people. <laughs> you don't want people to hurt who yeah, I don't want. I don't want kids to, you know, experience sex trafficking and like, or any type of injury from medication, from pharmaceutical companies. Like you just, you don't want people to hurt, but it's really because I don't want to hurt. And I'm like, oh my God, I just got to be okay with the pain. I'll still do my thing, but I just got to be okay with like, that's their journey in their life. And they showed up for a reason too. 
and and you have to let them go through it or else you rob them of whatever they're here for and I was like oh no (laughs) okay okay (laughs) yeah exactly that and and I mean the reason you and I do the things that we do in in all aspects like you sharing this information this amazing life-changing information me doing this podcast and the healing work and sharing free meditations and programs and things is because we care and there's an element of um, not necessarily saving the world but offering some some of your unique medicine and you're right we do want to heal ourselves too and that's where the medicine comes from we take on a little bit of it and then we're like let me wrestle with this from my own family from my own own wounding and let me birth this thing that's beautiful and then it needs to be an offering rather than like shoving it down the throat (laughs) of someone (laughs) and and to me it took a while to realize that and and see like some people as I was, they don't even know they have wounds. They don't even recognize what they've been through as wounds. Some people know they have wounds. They don't know the first thing about what to do next. Some people have tools, but they haven't committed fully yet. And then there's some people like me when they find a tool and like you probably, I'm like, let me go 110%. And then I get excited about it. And then I want to share it with the people, but they're all in all these different stages. And then with some people, they want to do it yourself. They're not yet in a place of um, receiving help because receiving help takes some juice and (laughs) electrical resortness as well. But um. I mean, I could talk to you about all of this stuff for I another know. hour. I know. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll, I can end with that thought. It's beautiful because I remember a lot of the doctors that I would see at these conferences, I would still go to all the health conferences and they saw me going through it. They saw me gaining weight. They saw me like in inflammation, just like stress. Like they saw my whole body change and after I had gone through the summit and the interviews, they're like, you know, I was going to say something to you but I'm really glad I didn't because I was going to say, Hey, are, like what's going on with you? You know, but I, I, I would have never have seen it because I, I didn't even see it myself. I had to hit that rock bottom for me to get there. So I'm glad that they didn't try and be like, they didn't try to save me. They just loved me for who I was back then. Now they just loved me no matter what I was going through. And that was the best medicine for me that I needed was just sit with me and like, love me for who I am and whatever way I'm going through my stuff, hold space, which is like to not want to help is hard for me because it's like, Oh, I know all the things, but you know, just holding space for me and just letting me be me and going through my stuff was the greatest gift they could have given me. And if I, if they would have tried to jump in and interject, I, number one, I wouldn't have seen it because you have to get there on your own. Right. We're like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then another one is, um, like it would have robbed me from the experience and the gifts that I'm bringing into the world, like, which is what you and I are both doing together with getting this information out. So hard. I mean, as a parent also, so hard. (laughs) Anyways, I love, I I love this conversation. I love your light. I love the gifts you're sharing and creating. Can you please tell the listeners how to find you? And you are already offering um, some of these powerful conversations for free. So tell them about it. Yes. Well, I do have the, what we crave summit is I'm building a, it's going to go live soon where you can watch it at any time. So just go to whatwecrave.com and you'll get on the email list to be notified, which I'll be interviewing Damla as well, which would be great. And, um, but also if, if you don't want to wait for that, there's my YouTube channel or my Instagram has just look up what we crave and you'll see some clips of just, you know, just some of the interviews there or my Instagram, uh, that health chick has some uh, clips you can dive into that are just all the nuggets that I love. So, yeah. Um, and your Instagram yes. is, we were talking about this earlier, your Instagram's magical and soulful. Like it has all the, like I looked yeah. at it and I was like, whoa, I'm feeling this energy. Um, so yeah, thank Thanks. you for, for sharing all that you share. Um, yeah, and you. I'm going to include the, what, what, what we crave.com, your Instagram, your YouTube links at the notes, any last thing that's coming to you that you want to sh- share with, with the listeners. Oh, um, gosh, 
we just, well, we went on a deep dive. So thank you for, uh, I love deep dives like this. Um, I would just say, um, what I've found with what we crave is that we're actually craving something so much deeper than the food. And it's a connection to ourself. There's a lot of things, but the most biggest thing is a, is a reconnection to ourself. And so when you catch yourself reaching for the food, think of like, what am I really craving? And it's just, it's all right here. Like go do whatever your soul needs to make you feel connected to yourself. Um, that is, that's the greatest healing. And that's what, what you're doing Domla. So, you know, that's, I think that's the best way I could wrap this is, um, is just women are so incredible and we often put ourselves last and man, this, when I started putting myself up to the top of the list, everything changed. And, um, so yeah, so at least you. like couple levels, it's <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, maybe your kid is For there, sure. your dog is there, but like, you know, you gotta be up there somewhere. Yeah. 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 We've been kind of trained to think it's selfish to do self-care when really it is the ultimate gateway into so many things. And when we shut it down, it shuts everything else down. So, yeah. Thank you so much. Beautiful conversation. I feel your soul. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Domla. I can't wait for your interview. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Conversations with Healers. If this episode spoke to you in any way, please leave a review or comment, like or love it, and share it with others in your life. This is a true soul love project from my heart to yours. I really appreciate your help in spreading the word. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and check out other episodes to listen to some extraordinary healing stories and advice. Have a beautiful and wonderful day.